You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes and even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, hello. Welcome to the GFR show. I'm Lisa Cherney. I'm your host. And I'm super excited about today's guest. His name is Joe Fear, and he is the co-host of the popular Hustle and Flowchart podcast. And he is a seasoned content marketer and deal maker. <laughs> he and his partner, Matt Wolf, have created an amazing network of affiliate marketers and partners and even more cool is the awesome community that they built within their Facebook group, the Flowchart group. And it's a really unique community in the internet world because of its authenticity. And you'll know why when you meet Joe, because he is the real deal. In fact, when I was on their podcast, the Hustle and Flow podcast, I was worried about the interview. Now I interviewing is like super fun for me, but I had created the story that, well, these are internet, big internet guys, quote unquote. And, you know, I know I've been in marketing for 20 years, but you know, maybe I don't know enough and I'm not really techie. And I kind of psyched myself out, you know, I created this whole story, right? So I get on their show. <laughs> You're going to love this. So I get on their show and they start talking about how they're getting ready to be on a big stage. I think it was, oh, digital marketing, big digital marketing conference. And they were nervous about getting on this big stage. It was one of those moments where I was like, oh my gosh, they're talking to me about being nervous about getting onto a big stage and wondering if they know enough and if they belong there. And so I decided to disclose, you know, I was really nervous about being on this show. And, and we just had a really big laugh because for them, they were like, you're Lisa Cherney. Like, what are you talking about? Right? Like they have their perception of me. And then I'm like, what are you talking about? You're Joe and Matt, you know? And so we wound up having this beautiful conversation about imposter syndrome. And of course, I've learned so much from hosting the show and having the GFR squad, which is our um, real uh, low barrier to entry, 20 bucks a month community that was launched right around the time that the podcast launched, we really like answered a call of like people wanted to have a really like genuine, authentic place to come together and like be real, 
right? Be fucking real. So that's our GFR squad. And if you don't know we um, about it, we have a, a monthly community confession call based on one of our 12 GFR commandments. And so I've been hosting these calls for like a year and a half and seeing the power that happens when people confess and be vulnerable and share what they feel is a secret or something that they might be slightly, you know, ashamed of. And I see how it increases their confidence and it has them see like, oh my God, I didn't die telling the thing. And wow, these people just didn't like, you know, they didn't faint. And, and there's just so much that happens from that. So we wound up having this awesome conversation about how much confessing and being vulnerable increases our confidence and heals imposter syndrome heals that thing, that universal condition within us that is like, someone's going to find me out. <laughs> or who do I think I am to, you know, fill in the blank? You know, you, you've all heard of it. You know it. So Joe said, well, I think I want to come on your show. And you could tell he was like, you know, Matt like looked at him and was like, are you sure, dude? Like, you know, people confess on that show. And he's like, yeah, there's some stuff I want to talk about. So I am just super psyched to have him on the show. We had an amazing conversation You'll, you'll really hear just what a, just a beautiful man he is. Hope, hope you don't mind me saying that, Joe. And he's going to share his journey about, let's see, about, yeah, it was about a year ago from the time that this episode airs, his father committed suicide. And 23 days later, he had his first child. And this child came after seven years of struggling with infertility and also seven years of fostering kids, helping kids get through the system, you know, fostering other people's kids. And then finally he had his own and it was 23 days after his dad, dad passed away. And yes, my friends, this does impact who he is as a mission-driven entrepreneur, how he shows up in his business, how he decides now the strategies that they employ in their business. I think it really impacts the community that he's built in his awesome Facebook group, which I'll tell you about later. And it's just, there's a lot to it. So I'm super excited to share this conversation with you and for you to meet Joe Fear. Hey, Joe, I'm so excited you're here. Hey, how you doing, Lisa? I am good. I'm good. I've been looking forward to this and it's been, I don't know, like a couple months since I was on your show and the whole fucking world has changed. <laughs> no kidding, <laughs> right? Like, oh my God. <laughs> like the best metaphor that I've used lately is that we were all in, we were all in the play and we all had our scripts and we were almost off book, right? We kind of knew what was yep. going on. And then, you know, that the backdrop, just all of a sudden it flipped <laughs> from like a winter, like a uh, scene to like, you know, somewhere on a lake, you know, like, you know to, to like 50th century, I don't know, something completely so different that we're looking down at our script and we're looking back at the backdrop and we're looking at the other actors going, who the fuck are you? And oh. what, what happened? You know, not, nothing in my playbook here in my lines seem appropriate right now. No, someone <laughs> inserted all the different pages like to the script they burn the pages that i knew totally. that i totally. i thought i knew and i'm like shit i don't know these things <laughs> what do i do now yeah it's weird so, it's weird it's so weird so fascinating and so and so relevant right so the yeah. whole world is going through a gfr wormhole you know being uh -huh. invited to to up level evolve um reevaluate and so i feel like 
the show and the stories we're telling are more relevant now than ever. And by the time this comes out, who the fuck knows, <laughs> you know, what the world will be like. But we for sure know that there's a transformation happening that is not going to go back. We're not, we're not going to well, go back. Yeah. And it's kind of in a weird way. I feel like it's kind of exciting, but yes, it's, it's interesting. And I think now is a better time than ever to have these conversations. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it and, it, and it's like, we're hesitant to say anything good about it, I think. Mm. I don't know if that's where you were coming from. You know, it's like, we kind of, yeah, you know, I, in a weird way, I almost feel guilty sometimes of like, actually, yeah. this has been like, really good for me personally. And even business is starting to turn around in a very much more positive way. I mean, it was kind of took a little tiny dip because of the rearranging of things. But it's like, I mean, it sucks for a lot of people out there, obviously. Yeah, but even for those folks, there's so much opportunity for growth in so many ways. I really, I totally agree. And I think it's, it's actually on topic to talk about the concept of looking at bad shit and, ha <laughs> and having it have a good outcome or a good under, you know, undercurrent. I mean, cause that's, that's what all these stories are from our guests is, is how like the shit show of their life, <laughs> you know, like turned out to, really like be on purpose and you know evolve them and make you know and just I mean that's really what we're talking about here so why would this situation that's happening in the world be any different <laughs> all it's doing is just speeding it up and forcing us to kind of take a little magnifying glass to everything we're, we're already doing and being like oh that was dumb shouldn't do that stop saying yes to that thing which is these are all my stories by the way mine too so, uh... <laughs> you're speaking my language totally yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I absolutely agree. I just, I feel like it's, we were already on a journey where we were wanting, for example, for me, one of my things is being more in the flow and not pushing and striving and forcing and stressing and, you know, and really just paying attention to what feels good and doing that, you know, and then trusting, like, I'll be guided. And I was already on that journey, but holy shit, this is just, I don't know, it's like turbo boost or crucible or whatever metaphor. It's just heightened it. And, and my lows are like, I was feeling crappy over the weekend, my mood. And I realized like, I don't know, it just felt like more of initiation like that happened over the weekend. It's like, okay, that felt crappy. I didn't like that. I want to feel good. Like there's just, I just have a, such a, I already had a low tolerance for not yeah. feeling good, but I feel like this is just, you know, sandwich i'm not if you're watching uh -huh. me on video it's like you know that glass half empty half full yeah. you know, kind of thing it's just not there's no room like there's no there's not for me i don't have as much wiggle room to be in a state that doesn't feel good that's, yeah there's so much else that i'm navigating that's in the bigger picture I think that's a good analogy. Yeah. And I can totally relate it. I feel like everything's been compressed, like you're saying there. And um, it's like a rocket fuel. Everything has just been ignited and sped up way faster than we were ever used to or saw coming. And I think it's going to yeah. keep doing that from what it seems like and a lot more unknown, but that just forces us all to evaluate all the stuff that we might've been neglecting or pushing to the side and has been like bubbling up inside of us. I know for me, yeah, I have a, I have a high tolerance, but then when I realize it's <laughs> happening, I have a really fucking low tolerance. And then it starts to like, you know, my wife will hear about it and then I'll start getting short. And then that's when I know I'm like, Ooh, this is not good. I need to make some changes like now. And, uh, it's, it's almost like the, um, I'm sure we'll probably chat about this, but like almost like stages of grief in a way after a really shitty event. Like, um, you know, some of the things that we'll probably be chatting about here, like fostering and, and just 
deaths in the family and stuff like that, where things can be very, very uncomfortable. And um, yeah, and I, I just feel like everything is just like, that's what's happening for a lot of folks is that there's a lot of uncomfortable things right now, a lot of hard things people have to face. And, you know, you have the tools, luckily, and the GFR commandments and everything else that you teach. But, uh, you know, now it's forcing people to actually like dive in deep and figure that shit out. Yes, totally. <laughs> okay, so part of why I wanted to have you on the show, it, it, well, first of all, you, you enthusiastically asked, but also was like, oh my gosh, am I really good at like, <laughs> you, you wanted to be on the show, but you knew it was gonna have you like maybe stretch a little bit. That, that yeah. made me really excited about having you on the show. And predominantly because of something that happened at the end of, of 2019, which had me thinking about, cause I've been thinking about this lately too, things that happened to me at the end of 2019 that sort of were like happening before this, all this that's happening in the world happened and just seeing kind of like the divine design of that. Mm. So we're going to, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, blow our punchline here by jumping to the end. Actually, I think I do. I think I want to jump to the end and then sort of give the whole backstory. You do so, that. That's cool. Yeah, let's do that. This is a different format, <laughs> but it's, I'm just following my intuition here, which is what we're talking about, right? Yeah. So, so tell us what happened at the end of 2019. And then I really would love to like, just have people just really get to, you know, get really a front row seat to the journey that led up to that. We're, we're going to be like those TV shows that like, yeah, you, know, you turn like on the it. show <laughs> and there's some really like thing happening and you're like, wait a minute, did I miss something? You're like wondered, like, did the show start at the wrong time? And then it said, you know, three months, oh. three months prior, yeah. right? It, it gets, so that's <laughs> a rewind. That's we're we're going to do, do that. Okay. I think so that's cool. what happened in the end of last year. So uh, some amazing things happened and some really horrible things happened within what 23 days, I think is what the math came out to be. Uh, wow. It's yeah, it's wild. So I would say later in the month. Uh, so it was actually on Halloween 2019 at the birth of my first child. Absolutely amazing. And a little girl named McKenna. And mm -hmm. yeah, we tried for a very long time to have her seven years How long? and seven years seven years and um definitely my wife can probably state to the day as well um i just know seven years because she's told me that many times so i'm like thank you heather um so that was on halloween and absolutely amazing it was like literally right at sunset like dusk right when everyone's out trick-or-treating i'm like i got the best treat in the world and it's so cool wow so, um, she came and she came fast and amazing and healthy so she's uh she's super cool and now seven almost seven months old so super cool uh that was amazing 23 days prior to that in early october i got a one of those on my door about seven in the morning or so from a guy in um you know docker pants you know, uh, you know khakis and just uh you know a plaid That's shirt and all. goods from somebody at your door at seven o'clock in the morning no and it was a very forceful knock too yeah i was like what the shit is going on and um and i just had a look and then immediately i saw a badge a sheriff badge i'm like uh nothing good comes from that either i'm not expecting someone to show up at my house like this and uh and basically just said hey uh are you joseph uh yes of course i am um can I come in? I'm like, uh, uh, sure. And you know, why? You know, I have some news for you. And sure enough, came in, sat, and he's like, you want to get your wife, sit down. And I was like, okay, pregnant. You know, she was still in bed at the time. 
and uh yeah basically sat us in our living room he sat on the ground i'm kind of like i haven't actually i don't think i talked about this before but definitely you know he was like your dad committed suicide yesterday and uh you know he was in south carolina my father who also his name is joe so there was a lot of you know similarities there but uh yeah and there wasn't a lot of information i mean he told me how and all that stuff gunshot but it's yeah i mean that's wasn't a lot of information it was just it was so quick it was a very just yeah there was no indication i mean there was probably some indications we could probably try to you know connect dots and all that but that was the knock at the door it just was so surreal because it happened you know the time that he knocked on my door all the way to the time that he told me and left it was maybe like eight minutes seven minutes i'm like wow things just got real really fast and immediately changed forever and of course, you know, that spiraled into me calling my family because I was the very first person to know outside of, uh, you know, his girlfriend. So, wow. yeah. And then, you know, then thoughts were just going through my head about the baby who's to come, you know, and, and she was due actually later, you know, in the following month. And, uh, yeah, she came a little early, but that was all fine. And I remember the last time I talked to my dad was about 14 days, maybe 10 days prior to then. And I remember the last words he told me or, you know, I love you and uh, give a hug to Heather and McKenna on, on the way. So he was definitely thinking about all of us, but it's uh, yeah, that was the last time. And yeah, that sucked. So that was my end of 19, yeah, 2019 right there, but it spiraled into uh, a definitely a deep dive of emotions and thinking of, you know, the, like the layers you were just talking about. And those layers like immediately brought up, so many and i forget exactly all the different exact thoughts around it all i mean i have some ideas but it's just very interesting all the realizations that came quickly right after uh his passing but then again with a whole new second wave when mckenna came uh you know just 23 days or so later of how this it, it just it was so back to back i'm just like i can't even think of this and uh, it was actually just a year prior to that. One of my best friends I mentioned to you, his brother uh, committed suicide when I was eight. He ended up passing away in 2018, the end of 2018. That was, he just wasn't really healthy, but like, it's just like, man, how it's just like too much shit back to back, man. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And it's as rough. an entrepreneur, you know, like that's, that's always the backdrop that's happening to these big life events is like, oh, we're like trying to run a business. And yeah. you know, most of the guests that I have on the show, like their business is an extension of them or they're, mm -hmm. you know, they're involved with it. It's their, their coaching or teaching or, you know, you know, there's some, it's very personal. And so far now in this, like the eye of a tornado is kind of what I just got. It's like, it's like this death and this birth. And you're in that experience and yet there is this, you know, and you had to have a business partnership, which probably sure. was really helpful at this time, yes. you know. It was a podcast day the day I found out about my dad and, you know, I was just like, ah, screw it. I can, I can get through this. I can throw it and, you know, and then he was one of the first people I called and he was like, nope, I'm going to go immediately cancel everybody. We're moving them out. It's don't even sweat it. Don't even think about this. I got you. I'm like, that's, thank God, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely was a lifesaver. So that was one less thing to think about, at least for a little bit. Yeah. So what is, I want to talk about the realizations that you had. Let's talk about the one that comes to you when I say that. And then maybe we could see 
you know, how much time we have to get into the other ones or how they might yep. relate to when we back up to the leading up to the story. But Definitely. what is one of the major realizations that you had? Yeah, no, one immediately pops up. And I remember I was, um, I don't know exactly when, I think it was before my baby came, uh, maybe uh, a couple of weeks before or so. And it was late at night and, uh, you know, I've been starting to do, at, right after that point, I started to really get into journaling and put my thoughts down. Journaling for me just happens best right before I go to sleep. It's just nice. quiet, dark, and, you know, it's just kind of calm and I just spilled off by hand. And something that came up to me was, you know, I was thinking about, um, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to go back to the East Coast to talk with everybody, you know, his friends and hang out and have a memorial type thing. Nothing was planned, but I'm like, I know it's going to come. And I'm just dreading that. I was like, ah, this is like, it's like one of those things, your parents passing away. And then it's like, oh, okay. And now I have to like present myself in front of everyone with this like grand thing I have to say. I'm like, this is, sucks, you know, like, yeah. Eh, but then one of the things I thought I was like, and through my head, I'm like, he was a good man. And for some reason I was having a resistance to feeling that like truth like if that was actually a true thing even though I know he was you know him and my mom my mom divorced and you know my dad definitely was the catalyst to that so you know he kind of did that he did move away to South uh, Carolina when my sister was in high school and I was like just out of I was just getting into college so it's like he left early you know his family was over there in the east coast so you know, there was this whole kind of separation that happens. So there's a lot of negative things I can place on him. But then that forced me to dive deeper into like, wait, hold on. Why do I think he was like, why am I resistant to this? And then I started basically journaling on that. And then I just realized, okay, well, there's obviously a lot of negatives in anyone, you know, and, and things that, that we can probably easily point to more than the good. And then, but then it brought out all these amazing things that I want to embody from him that I want to instill for my kid. And even the negative things I can now flip, like, you know, all of these things, cause he was the one that was at home with me while my mom was working and you know, she was the breadwinner there, but my dad was always there for everything to support us as a kid, like all the way through high school. So, I mean, like that is absolutely enormous, you know, and the fact that I could be home with my wife here at home. Uh, with my baby, you know, like want to trade it for the world. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I know you're doing the same or something similar. So uh, it's just, yeah, these little things I was able to pull, you know, like financial things from him, uh, emotional, like just the way of like mental sabotage. I feel like there's like, he had a lot of that as well and how that I can see how that can conspire, you know, spiral into a suicide. I mean, this is, I saw the progression, even though I wasn't with him, I would hear bits and pieces. I'm like, okay, there's a lot to learn from this scenario. And uh, it's actually when our mutual buddy, Steve Olster, I met with him a week after this happened, maybe even like four or five days after uh, with Matt Wolf, my partner. And he was like, dude, you got to write this down and like really hone in on what these things are. Cause I know there's, uh, it's, it's a lot of what I was just saying right there. He's like, these are all indicators that people can, you know, take and, and if they are experiencing something similar to other people, there are things to highlight and highlight them like now because we're not alone. You know, there's so many people going through this, especially right now too, in these weird times we're in, I mean, depression and, and weird, like, you know, the walls are coming in, even though like we're all locked down, I'm sure because my dad was kind of locked down in his own regard. He holed himself up with his girlfriend and cut himself off from a lot of friends and family and 
like that's bad. You know, when you're starting to cut relationships off and you know, you're siloed in an area or not communicating proper, you know, fully or openly, it can lead to very bad things. So it's things like that, that popped up that night when I was journaling, I was like, okay, these are the things I should really be taking away from this. And then I concluded and was like, he was a fucking amazing man. I love that guy. And he was wow. my best friend. And he was more of, I would say he was, ended up being more of a friend at the end of things, but like, he was a friend with everybody. I'm like, man. And I know I'm like, that's a quality that I have. Like I could befriend almost anyone off the streets if they're freaking homeless or if they're, you know, a baller with, you know, 10 Rolls Royces, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> and I got them all and I got all those friends and I got that from him. And it's just a super cool quality. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, Joe. So good. So good. You know, <laughs> and you. It, it's so interesting, right? And like all that you gleaned from him and what you learned from him and we don't pause often to really look at and articulate what we got what we get from people in our lives you know what we get from our parents you know my mom who a lot of people on the show have seen her she, she my call my facebook lives she's awesome and she happens to live down the street now and and because she had cancer when i was a kid there's this different tone to our relationship where we just we're always like telling each other how much we love each other and appreciate each other and it's like kind of like nauseating but <laughs> but like it sets it just there's just a different tone that was set back then right like when you when you're yep. in that mortality and so uh it sounds like a beautiful we're given you know in you know in that process of okay i'm gonna need to like say some shit about him and what do i say and you know, I believe. And, and now if he, he has such a concrete legacy for you mm -hmm. that you're applying, you know, to your role as a dad and as a man. That's it. Yeah. And it's so cool. The, the fact that I did reflect and, and uncover that and it all started from, you know, I was just, you know, it was that line. He, he was a good man. Like, you know, you hear that right. in all the movies. And that's all right line. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was the thing that was hanging me up. I was like, why, why is that getting at me? Like this ain't right. So that's, and that led yeah. to all of this. I mean, I think it's a good exercise we could do even for ourselves. Like, Oh, I like, yeah, I don't know if as far as like, Hey, someone else reading my eulogy or yours. Yes, and totally. like, oh, she was a good woman. He was a good man. I'm like, okay do I believe that in myself? But yeah, yeah, like it's just an interesting, and I started doing this for myself too, is deep diving into, and that goes into self-love and, you know, reflection and all that stuff. So, which is what all of this kind of led more into for me afterwards. Yeah, totally. And I just, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge how refreshing and beautiful and helpful I think it is going to be to hear these things from somebody who's in a male presenting you know form and you know that is identifies as male to talk about this because that's what leads to people wanting to take their life you know we have two or three at least two or the three male guests um, in prior episodes that have talked about you know contemplating the end and you know and trying to you know to kill themselves and it's way more common than I thought um, before I did the show, that's one of my big learnings from the show is how common that is. And I just think like this episode, like I feel like what you got from his death is going to keep you alive is what I'm well, feeling. I, I agree. Yeah. And I think it's going to stop a lot of negative patterns that, 
you know, he took, it wasn't all him. Obviously we're learned from previous generations. And I, I know that for a fact for a lot of different interesting things and uh, interesting tie-in. And I know this is kind of going a little ahead, but like his dad was adopted and, you know, there's a lot of things that wow. come from that. And we did foster care and I know how hard it is for kids being adopted or fostered, you know, like the detachment that they have from, other pieces of the world that a lot of us just take for granted and yeah there there's a whole bald bag of worms there that you know that are just passed on to other generations and it's this cycle that unless someone can figure out how to break it or you get some help or do a lot of training with someone like you or or just you know really introspective stuff like you're just gonna it's gonna be with you and when shit gets real i feel like that's when it could bubble up into something really bad yeah, or good. Hopefully good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's, yeah. If, yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking that if it's left alone, it could, yes. you know, that, that part of it, it. Yeah. The good comes from, I feel like, the work that you do yes. on the hard stuff. I feel like the best things can come from that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm, re I'm reflecting as you're talking on the confession culture that we have here in the mm -hmm. GFR land and our GFR squad membership, you know, and in this, in these conversations, this idea of, you know, speaking our truth, saying what we might be ashamed of, saying what we may have been hiding, you know, confessing something that may be embarrassing, you know, like the, there's so much that that word confession is, has so many different elements. I'm learning as I'm holding space for this, this mission. Now it's been a year at the time we're recording, it's been a year since the podcast was launched and, you know, and since this, you have the GFR squad, it's been a year we've got, we do a, a confession call uh, once a month where we take the confession question from each of the commandments. So like your favorite one was number four, um, trust that your struggle serves your mission. And, you know, that confession question is how will I, how will what I learn from this struggle serve me and my clients and how have past struggle served me. And so we take those confession questions and we have a, a Zoom call each month and those that want to share about that, share. And I can't believe we've been doing it for a year. So we're on number 12, the time of this, us recording this. And how fucking important I have seen the value of just saying the things, <laughs> saying the things and how much, yep. you know, your dad's passing gave you an opportunity to say the things I think you have an inherent sort of warmth about you. And I definitely want to talk about your fostering because that is like so fucking brave and, <laughs> and you need to have, you know, a big heart for that. And, um, I, and for sure, I want to, I want to go back and then I want to jump before we yeah. finish. I want to jump forward to talk about the impact that, you know, this, all the self-awareness and these confessions that you've made to yourself, like how it's really impacted your work. You know, yeah. um, especially, you know, we talked a little bit about, about this when I was a guest on your show, you know, this idea of imposter syndrome and like worried that someone's going to find us out, you know, and how yeah. I believe now really strongly and really uh, started on your show. I just, we were talking about earlier before we started, we were talking about how we say things and that's like, we just start talking and then we say really good stuff. And yep. so I remember <laughs> on your show, really like, like really strongly uh, connecting confessions with healing that imposter syndrome because the more that we say the things the less we're worried that someone's going to find us out because we're you know we're <laughs> <laughs> it kind of it kind of solves that problem and uh, i could just see 
I just see that in you and, and how much I believe the aftermath of what you experienced and then, you know, telling the story on the show and wherever else you tell the story, you're going to give permission for other, you know, marketers. I, I always like, you know, those, right. those internet marketer guys, you know, like, <laughs> that's my, that's my baggage, screens right? and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're going to give them, you know, more permission to, to, to GFR and I to, hope. to make changes where they need to make changes and to admit something, this isn't working like this thing that I learned and I'm told I should do and, or way to be your, you know, my financial goal is not, it was, you know, it's not all where it's at. So I'm really right. glad that you're in that space, then you're going to bring light to that space. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And like, then doing it here, I, I feel like it's, I mean, this is the most I've opened up on it. Uh, I mean, we had one episode with, with, uh, yeah, Matt kind of interviewing me, uh, my co-host. So, uh, kind of like the couch behind you there. It almost looks like a, uh, therapy yeah, chair. Yeah. So, I love <laughs> <For> it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we had these therapy sessions, which are exactly this and that's, um, you know, so we're trying to do our part on that podcast as well. And people resonated with it massively. And I feel like that, you know, one of the good things that came out for, of all of this whole mess here is, uh, well, it's, it's, it, I can't call it a mess like that. It's, it's a, it's a part of our lives, part of the journey, part of the path is, uh, speaking my truth and speaking more freely about things. And it was definitely leading up to this point, you know, I was doing that prior to as well, but to be very honest afterwards, it was like, fuck it. What do I got fuck to it. lose? And like, that literally is kind of the saying and just like, do it, just do it. And I know one of your things is a quote, but it's like, you know, there's, there's, um, uh, someone I was uh, it was actually Adam Lewis Walker I think you know him he uh yeah I was on his podcast the other day and he has that actually on his wall is from uh Predator is Arnold Schwarzenegger is do it just do it and I think it was like you know, when the Predator is trying to kill him or something he was like just do it like <laughs> just do it. I just feel like I've been like having this like yeah that's that's what's held me back a lot is just like just do the damn thing speak your truth or do the thing like whatever it is that is this weird mental blockage just like it's just you holding yourself back just go for it totally so. i absolutely 100 percent agree and that's i mean that is where i ultimately two years ago decided like i need to hold that space for mm -hmm. mission driven folks i need yeah. to i've done them i help them with their marketing i help them with their selling and they're leveraging and their high ticket and filling whatever mm -hmm. buzzword and it's like but they don't get there if they're in their way and i i'm just going to claim that I'm not going to claim that space because I, I do it anyway because I can't, I can't stand seeing somebody forcing a niche or forcing a program because that's what they think they need to do or they were told, you know, you got to narrow down whatever it is. And I've been doing that since my consciousmarketing.com days 20 years ago. But to like finally just go, you know what? The most value that I could bring to people that are trying to change the world is to help them get out of their own way. <laughs> Dang right, so, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Sure. That's like the, usually the hardest struggle right there. Totally. Yeah. Let's go back. So you got married about 10 years ago. Yep. And it sounded like pretty quickly or a few years in, you decided you wanted to have kids. Yeah. And so tell us about that journey for you and what led to fostering. Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, we, we waited for a little bit, but, um, I don't know. I know it's my wife that counts, you know, all the, all the days and years and rightly so, but yeah, it, so we had infertility issues as this is one of the other speakings of truths that we've been doing this for years is there's so many freaking people struggling with yes. that as well right now that they are not 
talking about men and women, both sides, it doesn't matter. Um, and people just feel like they have to live in this bubble or just do their Googling or their forum searches. They're going to freak out a little bit more because they're not actually talking to their friends and they're not, and it sucks. I mean, that could lead to more depression and maybe, uh, you know, just bad things. So talk to people, I think is the big, big key thing here that, um, you know, we're, doing our part along, you know, basically trying to have our own kid naturally. Uh, we were speaking about this, but we didn't really speak into it um, until we were like probably a few years into it. And we started to go to all the doctors and realize how freaking expensive this is and how much of a ripoff it is because no insurance covers it. And the government thinks it's, it's like, no, it's a real freaking issue that so many people are dealing with. And so we started talking about that, how, I mean, to be very honest, you feel kind of dicked around a little bit when you go yeah. to all these these um, clinics and hospitals, not hospitals, but more clinics and doctors. I mean, they're just ringing you for, for every cent that you have. And yeah, there's obviously a lot of great ones out there, but unfortunately, there's some that like own the entire path, they're like all the way from the lab to the clinic to the thing where you got to get your, like, and they're just, dick, 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 and you know, they're keeping you in this little bubble and not a lot of people understand what's going on until you're like deep into it when you're already spending tens of thousands of dollars. And I mean, we spent, I think close to six figures on basically yeah. this entire process, but yeah, that was seven years. I think it was about, I don't know, five years into it or so, maybe four and a half or so. That's when my wife came to me with an idea of fostering. And that was a friend of hers uh, has been doing this a friend from high school. And, you know, she was, She's like, well, okay, so this is an option because we really wanted to have a kid in the house. And, you know, we have a lot of friends that all were having kids around our same age and stuff. And I know it's not a comparison game, but it's pretty damn hard to not do that when everyone else is surrounded with kids. And we're like, yeah, we like kids too. We just can't have one. That really sucks. Um, so what are some other options? We looked into adoption and I don't know, for some reason, I just wasn't really feeling too right. You know, we, we have some adopted friends and they kind of told us their story because we're really concerned about like, okay, so what's the impact of adoption? And didn't hear some great things. Obviously, there's really good stories out there too, but we're like, all right, well, adoption, maybe. How about fostering? Like, okay, and then we started digging into that. We knew nothing about it prior to. And uh, adoption's not all, I mean, uh, fostering is not all created equal. So you can go through the county which is typically how it's done in America or um, through agencies like nonprofits and people who work with the county, but have their own set of rules. And that's what we decided to do. It just felt a lot more comfortable. Um, these were kids that were, are under, I think four or five is who they, who they target the most. And there's of course fostering all the way up to 18. Um, and, and there's, and there's solutions for all those are resources, but so we decided to go with the youngest ones. I kind of felt like I just want to, I'm like, I want the youngest kid that, that is possibly out there. And I felt it was a new challenge. It was something that I wanted to do. It's something my wife definitely wanted to do. Uh, it was more me that it had to be convinced, but like, I don't remember it taking too long. I could be wrong <laughs> to convince me, but I just saw these amazing things that could happen and the people who are just stuck in these cycles that we were talking about before and they just had no choice and they don't know how to get out of it so um there were kids that needed to get help and also parents um and, and then of course society as a whole because a lot of this is a cyclical thing if you can't break the cycle well we're all paying for more foster 
um, support, you know, we're paying for welfare for all these services that support these people. But at the same time, it's because society is not necessarily helping these people get out of that cycle with the tools and resources. So yeah, that, that basically sold me on the idea of fostering. And we started by doing some, some respites, basically like babysitting for a handful of uh, like a week or so. And I'm like, all right, get the training wheels, got that going. Or I like the agency we're working with and shout out to angels in San Diego is what they're called. Um, oh, wow. Foster, foster system or care, but look up angels in San Diego and you'll find them. Um, and they're amazing. And so they hooked us up with a ton of training. I feel like, uh, and that was all like before you ever even handle a kid or like, you know, share a room with a kid. More training than you get before being a parent. (laughs) Without a doubt. Every single parent, like, yeah, people try to like, oh yeah, well, when you have a kid, yeah, like this is what I'm like, yeah, I know. I've been through that. Like, (laughs) got it. Um, So you literally have to be an A plus parent to even be approved through this kind of program. Whereas with the county, not so much. They just kind of throw you in there with like five kids. And that's not cool because this one was one kid only. (laughs) So it's like all your focus goes into this kid. And then we ended up getting our first uh, placement who was four days old and we picked her up at the NICU at the hospital. And um, yeah, tiny little girl, beautiful. And, uh, and she was totally fine. Yeah. Like nothing wrong with her, no developmental issues. She was great. That was basically it. And then uh, we had her for 15 months and, uh, you know, foster whole long story, but there's a a ton of different rules, but yeah, she went back to her mom and things are looking very good and and we're super supportive and we're still in contact with her. Uh, she still calls us dad, dad, mama, and saw her just a couple days ago. Actually, today's her birthday. So at the time of this recording, which is super, super cool. I got a FaceTime. Her third birthday. Third Third birthday. birthday. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot I'm obviously I'm glossing over in the middle there, but yeah, that's, that's what led us to that journey. And, and then finally, obviously having our own kid, you know, just last year. Yes. And did that happen? Like I have a friend who went through hell with infertility and even tried to adopt and lost, lost the, like went there to get the kid and then didn't come home with the kid. And then within a couple, and though, and then she found out month or two after that, that she was pregnant and wow. <laughs> um, was actually pregnant when she was like going to get this other uh, child that, that fell through. So did you, yeah, did it so, wind up like a miracle kind of thing or did you? I wish, <laughs> uh, no, we ended up investing <laughs> even more money uh, while, while we still had this little girl with us and um, wow. we ended up doing IVF multiple times actually. So I, I guess I missed that part. So prior to fostering, we uh, we even went to Cancun at one time to do IVF down there because we're like, ah, cool. Uh, what was it like vacation um, medical tourism? That's what it is. And yeah, so okay. we went down there because it was yeah. like a quarter of the cost and the facilities are wow. great. Spent two weeks down there and did not work, unfortunately. Did it again at a place in Newport Beach. Did not work. And, uh, and then did it with wow. a doctor over here and it worked in San Diego. Wow. So, um, wow. Yeah. It's... Well, of, I just, I'm of, thinking about your wife, Heather, yes. shout out to you, Heather. If you listen to this episode, you <laughs> are a fucking rock star and, uh, wow. She amazing is. journey that she you is. were on. And now you have McKenna. <laughs> I know she's so cool, but yeah, Heather's definitely the strongest one in this whole thing. Like it's, she's, she definitely emotionally, I can't even imagine what goes into a woman in struggling for that long. And it's a biological thing and you feel like you should be able to do all this stuff. And 
and then you just get smacked with like nope 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 or not pregnant not pregnant and, and it's just hormone, like, like hormone like f- having mm-hmm. anything fuck with your hormones is like the worst. I, I was just saying the other day i feel like i i really can relate to people with mental health challenges because mm-hmm. of some of the places that my hormones take me that i don't want to go and when you're going i know when you're going through anything like that, egg retrieval and all that kind of stuff. It's so, so many drugs and hormone. Yeah. It can really mess you up and it did for a little bit for her, but all good. Yeah. We figured out, uh, Oh, there's a really good doctor here in San Diego that barely touches a lot of that stuff. So Ah. it's, it's the most natural process and, uh, very individualistic, like care. Oh yeah. Good stuff. So anybody struggling there yeah, yeah definitely. i was gonna say what doesn't kill your marriage makes you stronger <laughs> She's, i'm like i've been through enough i think we're good for like yeah, three right? lifetimes or something yes my husband uh, and i are uh mar- we're celebrating our 25th in may may of 2020 nice. when recording this we're celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary and um <laughs> and i i was talking to my marketing manager i'm like okay i want to do like a facebook live that day and i want to i want to tie it into our confession call that we're doing in june and and she's like, well, what? How are you gonna tie that in? I'm like, girl, <laughs> like, if there isn't if there isn't a G off our journey when it comes to staying married <laughs> for a long time, I don't know, I don't know what is. So um, it's yeah, it's good for you guys. That's cool. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> yeah. it's quite a thing. It's quite yeah. a thing. And we know we have one kid, and um, uh-huh. I contribute that. That's made our marriage <laughs> successful. Is just having to navigate the one child. She's 14 now, and awesome. So, so many lessons only in the seven months that I've had, but yeah, felt like I had the training wheels with fostering for 15 totally. months and, and the other kids we had as shorter placements, but she was like the one, you know, long-term, but, uh, yeah. it's, it's a doozy and it's not anything that you want to just, but all the way to, you know, past struggles. I mean, that's just one of many that I, I go back to really seeing the perspective of someone in her scenario and her mom's scenario and like just the just the community that that I'm not naturally in, you know, like fortunate enough to always be in middle class, upper middle class kind of communities and now even higher, but like having friends, like I was saying, who are very wealthy and very connected and some celebrities and all this stuff, but then all the way down to now being, you know, doing foster care is also having a lot of friends now in this adopted family is basically what they call us and what we call them. And uh, like we're hanging out with all their friends and family and we're accepted right there. And it's just interesting. And I think a lot of folks are just kind of, yeah, a lot of people put blinders on a lot of these communities and ways of living. But it's like, dude, we're all human. We're all people. We're all dealing with shit and different stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It's just really cool to see these perspectives. And that's what I carry now into just life and keeps me sane. I feel like and can give more because I've seen kind of the, I guess both sides of the coin and super dramatic different sides of the the thing. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. Yeah. I mean, that's often the byproduct of when we get to, when we choose to give back in a certain way, you know, that they're the, that's part of the, the gift that we get is those different perspectives. But I, I, I for sure would love to give my child more of that, you know, more perspective. I, I did some, work when I was a teenager in a kind of a, a nonprofit give back type summer program. And it made such an impression on me 
just appreciate, you know, being able to walk by homeless people and just really feel like I don't fucking know their story. I'm not going to judge them. Like I just like things that you just, you know, and I, now I can just impart to my kid, you know, why can't they get a job? Okay. Well, let's sit down. Let me tell you what, what, what could, what could have possibly happened to this person? So yeah, it's quite phenomenal. Um, I, I love that it you is. Um, have that perspective. Thank you. Yeah, it's good that you're doing that with your kid too, because that's not a lot of people. And I didn't think about this way before fostering at all. You know, I was kind of one of those like, ah, get a job or I'm not going to give you money or just handouts. And it's like, there's definitely a story there. There's reasons. There's something that led up to this point. And everyone wants to do better in some way. They just might not have the answers. And that's, you know, we all have the ability to be that light for that person and give them a new perspective that, that then lights them up and they're like, oh, I'm excited. I can do this. I can make this little tweak in my thinking and doing, you know, and who knows what can come of that, what good can come from just a little, you know, even, even just uh, giving a little bit of food here and there, or even some money to someone, but also actually having a little conversation with them. And I think yes. that kind of, which I've done numerous times with people just randomly now. And like, you could see the genuine happiness you know and impact ideally it'll stick with them but either way like it's not just a transactional like ah here you go you know it's yes uh, we're all people together in this whole thing yes we are all people together in this whole thing that is for sure <laughs> i don't know if that was the best line or not <laughs> no i love that i love that quote that's why i repeated it yeah it's true we're all people together in this whole thing it's that's, I mean, that's the fundamental all one truth. yeah it's so i wrote cool. some like weird journal yeah last and this is just like singularity like I, I i was thinking i'm like you know to really appreciate something is to like look at it for like what it is person thing and like think of all the stuff that went into creating that thing even if you're just looking at this monitor that we're both staring at right now these monitors like think of just like the the passion the love the engineering the time effort resources things that make up this from the other plants and minerals around the world like i think that's when you truly realize everything's actually all kind of the same. Like we're all just made up like you and I, like we're just, we're not really different. It's all connected. I think that's when you like fully, at least me, that's why I'm, now I'm starting to appreciate things a lot more is just like, look at it for what it truly is. And then other things like past, future, present, like really it's all just now. And that singularity. It's all just now. Yeah, yeah it's true. It is all just now. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, I was talking about wanting to be more in the flow and have how I already had that intention, but this context has really, you know, had me desire that even more. And it is about, it is about not being in the now, right? It, all of the struggle that we have is about not being in the present, right? 100%. I mean, 100% comes down to that. So in our last segment here, I would love for you to share some more of the, the lessons learned, the ahas you had you know, from this, let's say last, you know, 10 years of experience from fostering to, you know, to McKenna's birth and your dad's, you know, passing. What do you feel like you're really, you're bringing into your, your, how is it transforming what it is, the space that you're holding for entrepreneurs and, and people that you're impacting with your, with your work? Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. The biggest thing that resonates for me is speaking my truth and just being open, like doing something like this right here, this conversation. I, it's not normally something I would be like, hey, I want to do this, Lisa. I want to, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't think most people just jump at, let's just talk about hard shit, like really tough <laughs> conversations. And 
I, I don't know, in a weird way, I kind of enjoy putting the, the not craziest, but the realest stuff out there. And, uh, you know, that is what I do on my podcast twice a week, luckily, and I have that outlet. But, uh, you know, I, I can see my audience is appreciating it. They're resonating with it. We're hearing people that write back and relate to it. But also it's allowing them to speak their own truth and open up and not feel like they have to constantly be guarded just because, you know, it's the internet or I don't want to put it out there or this judgment factor. What are they going to think of me? This imposter syndrome. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of this stage or this platform or even starting a podcast or throwing on the video chat. You know, so many people I feel like are hiding and I feel like I hid for a long time. And like I was saying, I was an introvert or labeled as such, at least in most of uh, my childhood, but it wasn't until like mid high school and now definitely beyond. Everyone's like, oh, he was an extrovert. I'm like, I wouldn't label that as such, but <laughs> definitely a lot more outgoing. I, mean, I still like my quiet time, and, you know, but uh, yeah, I'm just speaking the truth and just being free with, you know what, if there's something like, like I just said that piece from my journal entry from last night that I just like, that was hanging it upside down on my inversion table last night. And that just like came to me. I was like, I'm fucking great, man. Like I'm living my best life. And this, I'm like, what is that? How the hell did that pop? And I was like, I think it's because I'm actually appreciating hanging upside down right now in this weird contraption in my garage. I'm like, wait, but my friend actually gave this to me because he was tired of it, but it's actually making me feel great. And I just, I don't know, just started like thinking all these like really cool things that are around me. I'm like, oh, this beautiful house. I'm alive. I'm healthy. I'm not sick. You know, I'm not, I got money coming in. I have this online thing. I have a podcast. I'm talking to you today. Like I started talking or thinking about all these really gratefulness things. And yeah, it just allowed me to realize like, oh, I'm living my best fucking life. And this is really cool. And you know, that is, yeah, now I'm just sharing it. Like, and I feel like I'm just open. I don't have to think about it. It's just the whole, just do it kind of thing. And, uh, uh what Shia Buff is it Shia Buff? Is that how you say it? Yeah. I actually looked it up. I was like, wait, okay. The predator quote that Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. And then I saw like, he has a motivational video on YouTube, which is great. It's in front of like a, yeah, it's like 41 million views about there, but it's like, he just goes on for a minute. He's like, just do it. Just fucking do it. And then he's just like, you know, that thing that you just hold you back. And I just, do it. you know, and he just, it's just like, yep, that's it. Like, that's the thing that held me back for so long. Like I'm looking at the commandments and I think it was number 12, you know, it's holding me back. Like, yeah, it was, or where am I holding back? Like myself. And uh, it's just like these little things I feel like, once you once you squash that whole thing you realize oh yeah it's just me is the one that's the determining factor of something that you know that might be a frustration or an anxiety is like just just do the damn thing just go speak it yes. do it do the <laughs> damn thing i love it i love yeah. it i love it and you said you know so another another quotable joe quote i'm living my best <laughs> fucking life and, right. and you're living your best fucking life, like right now, today, in this moment, and then this moment, and then this moment, like, this is me, I'm just living it, you know, I'm doing it. And yep. it's so fucking simple. Uh, and we make <laughs> it so fucking complicated. <laughs> we do. I mean, it's tough to see, but you're right. I mean, like you said, all the anxieties are from the past, or what is it, the uh, anxiousness in the future, what anxieties in the, or, what is it? You probably know this. I said, oh, oh, well, I said all struggle is because you're not in the present moment, right? Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You're thinking about the past or you're worrying about the future, you know, and if yeah. you're just in the present, then 
Yeah, I know Wayne Dyer has an like, awesome quote that, that, that sums that all up. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I know it's like you get anxious when you're thinking of the future. And in the past, it's usually you can be depressed about something or a failure and, and kind of anchor that. But it's like, yeah, but that doesn't matter because it's now, it's the decisions you're making now lead you to whatever path in the future. But what's future? <laughs> you know, and then it's, yeah, it's very yeah. simple, but yet uh, very difficult. But um, it's possible, which is really cool. How do you think that these types of awarenesses are going to impact your role as a father and what you're going to pass along to your daughter? I'm going to show up a lot more uh, in bigger ways, bigger ways than I thought I were I was possible before. Um, you know, taking things from my dad and what I learned there, there's definitely things around money, mental state, and like what? Give me the thing around money that comes to you. So yeah, my parents were always kind of uh, did the did the debt thing or did um, you know it was, it was kind of. I felt like it was a, uh, it was like almost like a contained like oh we're not going to strive for, we're going to be comfortable you know and, and I felt like I always wanted to kind of push the limits and um, and I know my mom always pushed that but I felt like my dad was a lot more the, you know like let's just stay in the bubble kind of thing and not explore too far out so. Uh, and that showed up in money that showed up in experiences in life like traveling for instance. Traveling wasn't a thing in my childhood, even though I always wanted to. I'm like, I always wanted to go to Hawaii as a kid. And like, all oh, my friends going there. Or even just a road trip around, you know, California or whatever. But um, so I would say just stretching and, and having good money habits, like not having debt, having true wealth building habits are a huge thing. That was one of the things I identified. Uh, depression, you know, I don't want to pass this kind of negative uh, thinking pattern, these patterns onto my child and definitely not onto my future self or my wife is, you know, make sure that I have a healthy mindset and a lot of the commandments, you know, will help me get there as well. It's constant evolution battle that we're, that we're facing and it's a good thing. Another one is just uh, addiction. You know, I don't know exactly why my dad uh, took his life. He didn't leave a note or explanation. It just was that. And I think that's the hardest thing is not knowing the answers, but, you know, I'm not sticking in staying in that place. That's not going to help. But, um, but definitely I know he loved his alcohol, uh, his beer, which I shared a little bit with him, but at the same time, I'm like, that's not good. He was sober for the rest of his life I mean, for about a year and a half or so. But, um, I think, you know, it's just this mentality, this addictive personality, I think can lead you in bad places. And so anything, I mean, it could be just work, you know, like, and I think that's oh, how, for me with my kid is, is uh, not to just get so sucked in on work. And that's difficult for me. That's actually probably my biggest struggle, actually. And uh, it's shaving off and saying no to so much more. I was just having this conversation with a friend just right before this, Brad Costanzo. I'm like, I like this lockdown thing because I could just say no to more shit. And he's like, oh, I don't like yes. this lockdown thing. I'm like, well, I do <laughs> because I'm, I'm like, don't worry. I'll, I'll say yes to like paddleboarding with you and stuff. I'm like, I don't want to feel obligated to show up for someone else's agenda if it doesn't serve me. Like, I like me. I like to just like do my thing. <laughs> so I love that. I love, yeah. I agree too. I think that this context is, gives us more permission or we, yeah. we can allow ourselves to believe that we have more permission <laughs> than yeah. before to say no. And exactly. you know, I was talking about the unmentoring stuff on your show yeah. and uh, 
one of my favorite unmentoring principles is you know what to stop doing and are comfortable saying no to opportunities <laughs> that don't feel fun or fruitful. And yeah, so that's what I'm hearing you say is yet you're Pretty enjoying, much. you've given yourself permission to say no more. Yep. And, and, Just have that, fun. <laughs> and that's allowing oh, yeah. you to keep your work, you know, keep the maybe addiction to working, you yeah. know, in check because you are, you're saying no. Yeah. That's really it, powerful. It is powerful. And it's not even work. It's just like, I think it's, yeah, well, it's never going to go away, but it's like strive to be better. I think that's what, it's just taming that in the certain areas in life, you know, because we yes. can all apply and then that. The, right. And then the story that we fill in about what does striving to be better look like? And if I want to be better, then I have to X, Y, Z. And we mm -hmm. just create our own story as to what that means. Like, oh, I need to get back on my computer at 8 p.m. Or I need to say yes to that thing on Saturday. Or I need to, you know, do two shows a week for my podcast or, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. And like, you know, we're going through a time of, with my show where I just was feeling something needed to shift. And so we've gone to every other week for, um, I think it's going to be through the summer and it just felt like I needed to do create more space, whatever it is, you know, um, until it doesn't feel that way anymore. And, you know, but that I could say that that's going to impact my, my success. Like I could say that would be a bad thing and, oh, I'm not going to get the number of, like, these are my stories I went through. Oh, I'm not going to get the number of episodes, like 50, whatever episodes for my year. And then I'm not going to blah, 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 blah. But, <laughs> We're all dealing with it, but we can get through it. Yes, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Awesome. All right, Joe. Joe Fear. What a cool fucking last name. Joe Fear. <laughs> uh, don't stop I, at the I, fear, I, though. You got to still push through. <laughs> you know, don't live in fear. Yes. But yeah. Constant reminder oh, I live in. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Right? You, are, you are born into a calling <laughs> of, of moving past fear, seeing fear, recognizing fear, and doing it anyway. And I think that mm. you are doing that. I really think you are doing that from what I can Thank see you. so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Very thanks well. for having me. This has been an awesome conversation. It always is with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. So is there any any parting words, parting quote, final thought? It goes down to just do the damn thing. Like it really is. Like it's it's don't think. Stop thinking. Just like you've thought enough. You've thought your entire life. Like you think when you're sleeping too. Just act. Just do it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, I'm, I've been studying a lot of the greats like Michael Jordan and Kobe. And there's just so many of these people that just like when you're in a competitive environment, just they got to go, they got to react. It's like uh, people in the battlefield, you know, they're not thinking about overthinking, okay, am I going to take this shot or no? Like they're trained, you know, so we've all trained ourselves to this point that we're at right now. And I'm sure we have a list of things that we should be doing in our lives or cutting, which is still a doing of cutting. So um, just do it. <laughs> you know Perfect. the answer. Yeah. I love it. Perfectly said. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to let you know about Matt and Joe. So that Matt's Joe's partner. Their Hustle and Flowchart Community Facebook group. It is one of the coolest Facebook groups around for internet marketers or people that are marketing online. They talk about all, all things, business marketing, as well as lifestyle. They talk about podcasting. So that is the link in the show notes is to their awesome podcast. You'll, you can find it at flowchartgroup.com. And in there is a tons of resources. And I think it's the best way to connect with them and also get lots of cool free stuff. They have their evergreen traffic playbook in there, their tactical cheat sheet, 
all kinds of good stuff. So link in the show notes on that. And for our GFR squad members, and by the way, if you are not part of our GFR squad, super easy to join. Go to gfr.life forward slash squad. And then you could be on our monthly community confession calls. We take one of the GFR commandments each month and we focus on that confession question. And I confess, <laughs> y'all. And we have a lot of our unmentor members, people that work more closely with me, they come to the community confession calls. So it's really cool networking. And so for our GFR squad, Joe did a really cool training on using Facebook groups to build community and create raving fans. And he gives some really good tips in there. And then of course, what's really cool is that you can go over to his Facebook group and you can see how he walks his talk. So love for you to join us in the squad. Love for you to get to know uh, Joe if you feel called to do so. And also if you haven't gotten your GFR commandments, you're definitely going to want to go do that. Go to gfr.life forward slash 12C12 and the letter C. And then to join the squad, go to gfr.life forward slash squad. And I'd love to see you over there and get to hang out with you. All right. Bye-bye for now.